it's been back-to-back three-point results on the road for Orange County. I think it has Orange County Soccer Club fans pretty excited at this point. Um, and my five-word response to that is, that is more like it. Uh, let's get right into this because we've got a jam-packed show here for you. Welcome to the uh, Podcast of Champions. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora. I'm here to take you through this wonderful journey as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. I have a question for each of our uh, helpers here tonight. Five words that describes Orange County Soccer Club in the month of June. Let's go first to Mr. Dylan. What are your five words, Dylan? That's a few clean sheets. Very faint volume there. We'll figure that out there. Um, next, let's see what we got from Brad. We got three shutouts in Colorado Springs. Uh, what uh, What say you, Taylor? Kicking ass and taking names. And this is going to confuse me all night, so I apologize ahead of time. Tyler, what about you? Hey, maybe we're good again. There we go. Um, like I said, we've got a jam-packed show. We've, not, we've got not one or two, but we got three sets or guests or whatever we want to call those here. So we've got to go through this really quickly. So let's get right into this. Uh, This past weekend, Orange County went on the road for the first time ever in Detroit to face Detroit City FC uh, and uh, in a hostile territory. It looks like Orange County was able to come up with three points. They did. It doesn't look like it. They did. Uh, Let me go to you, Dylan. Just your your high-level observations of this match. And is there anything really in-depth worth talking about? Worth talking about in depth. Uh, I think the only thing I can think of is Kyle Scott's red card is probably going to come back to hurt us. But that's about it. That uh, that red card, we'll talk about that in a little bit. That's one thing I do want to discuss on this because that was very interesting. Uh, let me go to you, Brad. Uh, Colin Shuttler looked amazing in goal. Uh, another clean sheet. You mentioned that in your words, uh, your five words. Um, so basically three victories, all three victories were clean sheets. What are, what are your thoughts on Colin Shuttler for this match? I mean, he's a different player from what we saw at the beginning of the year, and I don't know if June's his lucky month, but he had a good June last year, and he's back with a good June this year. Um, and it's he's taking control of that job, so good on him. Anything else uh, you have to say or any other thoughts on this match before I move on to uh, Taylor? I mean, Sparky should have had a goal there. Um, would have been a worldie, but it's okay. Uh, clean sheets, it's hard to lose a game where you don't allow a goal. That is very much true. Uh, Taylor, I-, I saw you nod when uh, Brad said Sparky should have had a goal there. Um, we were seeing that on the replay right now. That would have been like the goal of the century if that goes in, right? Yeah, I mean, I would have said absolutely Hall of Fame, everything that you could possibly give, that would have been given. It was, it would have been so cool, and we were jumping at the bit that it wasn't. It was a great game, great to watch. I think this is the first time in a while that, like, I would say that uh, OCSC, like, for the majority of the game, like, was, like, it. Um, So that was great to see as opposed to, like, little bits and pieces. It was 
almost for the full 90. And uh, Tyler, what are your uh, quick thoughts on this match against Detroit City? I think this really showed that it seems like there's been a fundamental shift in how the teams the team is approaching games. We saw a lot early in the season of long balls over the top and defenders beating us in the final third and just not being able to finish, which we're still kind of having that problem. But especially this game, you saw a lot more um, ground game. There was a lot more combination play in the middle of the field. Um, they were using the wingers out wide. And so I was really impressed and thankful to see that, um, yeah, like Taylor said, it seemed like a very complete package. And I think a lot of that is attributed to this new style of play that we've seen over the last few games. And it was really on high display in this game. And I'm um, going back to a month and a half ago, we talked to Ashish and he said, there's going to be a different style that you're going to see. Uh, and once we get the ball rolling, Orange County is going to be competing for playoff positions. Uh, I think we're on track from what he predicted. So maybe we have to bring him on as an expert again. I, I will say also, it sort of corresponds here. It looks like, uh, you know, Colin Shuttler lost his starting position when Orange County brought in Cody Cropper. Um, Cody struggled a little bit. So they put Colin back in the lineup and it looks like Colin, uh, is taking it really seriously that the competition was there. Um, this is now his opportunity to get the uh, the position back and own this position again, and he's not wanting to let it go. Um, it's sort of like that that run of form he had, like Brad mentioned uh, last year, that uh, in the month of – or was it Brad? I can't remember who did it. In the month of uh, June, that, uh, that, that uh, great things happened. And also, Owen Lamb in the lineup. I think that's helping quite a bit there. Um, let's talk about this red card really quick. What's what is going on with this? I'm Dylan. You mentioned it, uh, I think first. So I'm going to go to you. What do you think is happening there? I mean, we we haven't been given any information, but what what do you think happened on that red card? Uh, the only way for that to be a straight red in my mind is that he had said something, but I I can't imagine what is red card worthy and then not like, worth a statement or a suspension over. So I don't know. Um, I just hope it doesn't hurt us too much. I mean, it's happened. So now we have to figure it out. And it's probably pretty good because we are very reliant on him. And I'm curious to see how we can, you know, uh, like Tyler mentioned, not slip the ball forward, but also not have to just play through Kyle Scott. I guess the one positive on it is it's probably one of our most uh, depthful positions. If that's a, a word, Dylan, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, we got a lot of good names there. When you look at people coming in off the bench, uh, in the middle of this game, you have like a, you know, uh, Pedersen and you have Ashish Chata uh, coming off the bench. Those are players that can sort of slot in for a match while Kyle serves a suspension. Uh, Taylor, thoughts on that? Uh, you're the one that has the most experience being on the pitch in the heat of the moment. Um, uh, from what you could see on the camera work, it's like a little shoving match with uh, and the ball. And I, I, I want to say after the red card and all the the you know, scuffle or the not really scuffle, but the word play, uh, Cody Cropper looked pretty annoyed with whatever the decision was there. So obviously there was something that he didn't like. What are your thoughts? I mean, you've, you've seen these before, you you know sure. what it's like. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it'd be nice to have some clarity, like on what like fully happened. It, like, it's just odd. Like, I mean, everyone gets, you know, worked up. I've, I've been worked up. I've gotten cards from being worked up as well, but um, to go for a straight red and, like Dylan said, there's no statement, no suspension. Like, it's kind of weird. But I do think the ref was a little card happy. Um, and I think that's probably going to be a big influence on why he got that straight red. 
Yeah, there was there was some smugness in that ref whenever he was uh, pulling out those cards. He he seemed to really enjoy that moment. Um, Tyler, Brad, any last moments on this match before we move on? Um, yeah, I'm just I think I'm continuously impressed by how solid the back line has been. We talked about the clean sheets, but you have this kind of set four, which I think the four that we deployed in this game is probably the best back line that we can put out right now. And you're seeing them be fluid. They're really in sync with one another. There were multiple times where they were kind of pressing a little bit higher up. And so of the changes we've seen this past month, I think the back line solidifying as a unit has been probably the most impressive thing for me. Perfect. Let's uh, move on really quick. I uh, want to talk about uh, what happened this past Saturday also. Uh, while the most of the teams out there in Detroit, uh, the you know office, front office, and the players that didn't make the trip, along with Taylor, were uh, at, uh, what was it, Santa Ana, I believe, uh, for the Pride March. And uh, Taylor, I know you're, you and your family are a big part of, you know, sort of this movement for Orange County to, you know, recognize uh, pride month and and i i know everything else you're you you want you know vocalness from the club on a lot of stuff um what was that like for you uh, i know you got to march with uh maybe a player or two with gnarly I, I believe our producer andy was there banging the drum away what was it like for you hot no it was it was really good it, it just so happened to fall on like the hottest day that we've had in a good while but uh it was really fun to have the club there and marching and then they had a booth as well um, so they were there long after we were, uh, we went home and basically fell asleep as soon as we go home after all the, all the shenanigans of the day, but it was great to be there and have so many people cheering and like going around and we could see people with OCSC pride stickers and hopefully we get maybe even one or two fans or, uh, maybe like new ones or even people like now know like, oh, that's a safe place for us to go and enjoy soccer and our time. So it was, it was really awesome. Um, I, I obviously know Brad didn't make it there. I know I didn't make it there. Tyler, were you able to make it down to the the Pride Parade? I, I don't recall. I can't remember on the chats. No, I didn't get a chance to. All right, no worries. I just wanted to give opportunity for anyone that wanted to uh, share ideas. What would you say, Taylor? I, I know it wasn't like the biggest turnout. Uh, I know it was sort of, there was sort of, I, I guess, a little bit of, maybe not confusion, but a little bit of hesitancy to open it up to like a lot of people because there was only so many slots. Uh, but what would you say? What was the turnout like? Were you at least pleased with the turnout do you wish there was more um what were your thoughts on all that i would love to see some more like of clc or just like the fans in general i know it wasn't opened up to fans in general but um i'd love to see more involvement there because i know a lot of people were fighting for it and a lot of people wanted to go um there was also like conflicting issues with people and sick kids and stuff like that but it would be great to have some more but i will say that like the turnout to the actual event itself, at public at large, fantastic. And there was, like Ash said in the comments, there were so many people like lining up at our tent to do the spin and and get a little bit of OCSC like merch. Um, so that was it was it was really great overall. And of course we had Brent Richards, so that just you know that made it great. <laughs> yeah, I know Brent Richards, awesome uh, ally uh, to the cause. So it's glad glad that he was able to make a make it out there. You know, obviously it means he didn't play for the team out in Detroit. Um, and, and what I'll say about this, right. This is sort of orange County just starting to figure out how to um, participate in some of these types of events. And I'm sure there'll be feedback from fans, from Taylor, from uh, CLC on maybe what can be different next year or next time um, to help make the process easier and, and, and open it up to more participation because 
obviously, uh, as Orange County is one true professional soccer team, we want to uh, make sure that that presence is seen and that their, their, their voice is heard and the fans are being heard on that as well. Um, any thoughts from those of you that didn't make it on the Pride March in Orange County participating um, in this event, uh, I believe, for the first time? I am Dylan. so freaking glad we got around to this. I mean, it took um, too long, but I'm glad that we're there and we're making an effort. And, you know, um, much like Taylor said, this is my hope that people recognize Orange County and, and the club and Championship Stadium is this is a place where I can go and express myself and be safe to do so. Um, obviously, we live in California and we might live in the Florida of California, but, you know, I feel like there's less and less of those places as time goes on and I really want um, you know, my community club to, to be one of those places. It, and I'll just say it, it, soccer seems to be one of those sports that's really open to including many people um, being sort of on the forefront of that, which is, um, you know, again, Dylan sort of referenced where we are located in the state. It's not always the uh, most friendly uh, uh, for all causes. Uh, so I'm not trying to diss anybody, but that just is sort of what we have there. Um, let's do this uh, really quick. I want to. We have some guests that actually have been waiting patiently in the green room. Uh, we're going to go and bring them on because we do have an upcoming match this coming weekend against Monterey Bay FC. Uh, so we invited Oz and Super Fan Dan. I didn't know we what were getting nicknames going on here. Um, they are from what is it? I, I I'm just sort of blanking. What, where are you guys from? What what group? Fuerza Unión. So I, I have a supporters group called Fuerza Unión, and every Tuesday we do a show on Instagram Live where we, we talk about the last week and then the upcoming com, coming week. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. So um, obviously I, I don't think we know a, a whole lot about Monterey Bay because obviously we focus mostly in Orange County. Although I will say Brad was bragging in our chats this week heading into the show that uh, Monterey Bay is probably the most knowledgeable he is of any team, including Orange County in the USL. Um, I, I, not, I think that's what he was saying, right, Brad? Not including. I think you uh, misconstrued my words, but uh, <laughs> I'm familiar with uh, Monterey Bay as following the league uh, with most of the players you guys have, uh, Sam Gleadle included, and uh, just my insight with the family themselves because of his time up in Reno. Uh, sure. So you have an amazing player and his family too is yeah. absolutely stellar and yep. super supportive. So it's nice. Totally it's nice having families like that in the league. Agreed. And it's a growing family. Yeah. We've, <laughs> last season was a, quite frankly, a bunch of single guys except for Kai Green and, and Sam Gleadle. But now we've got uh, Alex Dixon's got his family here and, uh, Chewy Enriquez has got his family here and we've got a couple of new, newly married guys and a couple of engaged guys. So yeah, it's, it's becoming more of a family club. <laughs> so let me, let me ask you this question because obviously, you know, when you think of the greater U S sports pitcher, Monterey Bay, is not really top of the list for professional sports teams? But <laughs> you know, when you look at USL championship, that's sort of, What's great about this league is you can open it up to some of these smaller markets. What has uh, the addition of a professional club, soccer, for any sport, but soccer in this picture meant for the community in large? Um, what has it meant to the development of youth soccer in your area uh, that you have seen? Oh, it, it's been huge because, you know, they already have their their amateur side, you know, their MBFC2 side. And all these high school kids are now talking about it. Of like, I want to be on that team. 
And, and all of a sudden there's this, this pathway, you know, that you hear that path to pro all the time in the marketing of this league, but now the kids can really see that, whoa, I have a way to, to now play professional soccer. And, and yeah, it's been awesome. This whole community has been activated. Like you are saying, they have no competition really professionally. So, but everywhere you go, you're going to see, you're going to see the shield somewhere. And, and the team's only a year old. It, it's been amazing. It, it, it continues to be the, 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 the biggest draw in terms of youth sports on the peninsula is, is, is youth soccer, both uh, uh, inland and in, uh, and on the coast. Um, we, we say it every week. We are incredibly fortunate to have a team of this caliber USL championship team in such close proximity to so many larger cities, such as, you know, we're, we're just an hour South from San Jose. We're, an hour and a half south of San Francisco, or three hours from Sacramento. Like in our biggest cities, like the size of Santa Ana, you know, you, you guys know that. And and that's just a, you know, it's so cool to have a pro team in, with such a small population base. It's been awesome. It really has. And, and I'll just say it, it's not a bad away uh, game for fans, right? It's not like having to travel to Sacramento uh, or something like that. I mean, it's a nice area to visit uh, and spend a weekend away at. Um, tell us about the team this year. You guys. Uh, uh, are are the is the team doing what y'all expected heading into the season? Are they overachieving? Are they uh, not achieving to the level you thought? How do you think they're doing so far? So for me, yeah, I'll t- I'll take it first. For for me, I think they're back to the level that I, I expected them at. Um, there there was a, the one month period there about a month ago, you know, where, where they were dealing with some injuries and and it, it got a little off their game. I, I think that first month and these last five matches have been shown what the team really is or what they want to be. And, and I'm, I mean, I don't know if I would say third place. I want to go back and see what, what my, what my guess was at the beginning of the season. I think at the moment they're a little bit higher than I would expect them to, but the way they're, they're playing is, is exactly how I would expect them to. I, I think I'm excited to see more some of the tougher teams on the schedule come up um, and, and see how, how they really do against them. That Sacramento one I thought was a big barometer match for me and to go to Sacramento and beat them at, and you know, at that stadium with all those people, it was, you know, it was, yeah, it was quite the experience, but I, yeah, I, I think this is exactly where they wanted to be. And I, and I think I, I'm, yeah, I don't think they're overachieving too much. No, I think they're on par for where they expected to be. We had a really terrific run about two thirds of the way of, through our first season where the results were really starting to come our way. And then we had some injuries to some key players. Then I wouldn't say the wheels fell off, but we, we struggled and to come out of the gate the way we did this season and to play as well as we did against top caliber teams like Louisville and, and uh, I'm trying to remember who was the other one, top two tier teams that we, we played against in the first three weeks and, 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 and uh, not Hartford. And, and and we played well. And then, of course, we, we again, struggled with some some injuries just about a month ago, and we're still coming back from some of those injuries. Um, and, but they're playing well now, and I think what they're able to achieve now is more indicative of the style of play that they want to play and the results that they're able to achieve. Um, you've, you've spoken a lot about how they might feel, how they're doing, but how do you two feel? I'm doing? I'm thrilled with where we are. Right yeah, now. me too. I'm completely yeah excited and happy. I'm, I'm yeah. I like it, it. it. It feels good to have clean sheets. It feels good to see team goals like 
like like the one this weekend with Siaha saving a penalty, getting the boot the ball booted upfield and having some co- great combination play, unselfish combination play between Alex Dixon and, and Christian Valeski to score a team goal. You know, 13 seconds from end to end to and and then preserving the clean sheet on top of that. I just it, it's been it's been an exciting season and I think it's a fantastic advertisement for USL championship. We are starting to get more and more fans coming to the games more regularly. I mean, we've, we've got a good group of diehards that have season tickets and, and season ticket sales are good. We just, we would like to see more and more people come. The biggest thing I think, uh, uh, DJ, I think you said it earlier. I mean, the biggest thing that the Monterey Bay has going for it is it's temperate climate especially during june and july and august but i think there are a lot of people who expect to come to california come out here and expect baywatch weather and you know we sell a crap ton of fleece that says monterey on it so you know (laughs) i'm glad to hear business is going uh going well yeah more on the less so on a player side because we can obviously all go on google and figure out where players are born and raised and went to college and such um just how much of Obviously, it's Monterey Bay, which is a a substantial uh, geographic area and a substantial bay. But just just how far and wide are you guys dragging people in from from the valley and from from Salinas? Any further than that, Watsonville is Santa Cruz too far? No, we've got we've got folks from Santa Cruz. We bring in people from San Juan Batista and Hollister. We've got from South County like uh, Soledad and and Greenfield and King City. yeah, and I'm actually from Salinas, and I I host my watch parties in in downtown Salinas. So yeah, we we're and then the the MBFC two the amateur side is is in Salinas. So it's, and and chock full of of local players as well from from uh, California State Monterey Bay. We've got some San Jose State players. We've got some local high school legends who are who are playing currently for MBFC two. So we we are drawing from all over the tri county area, which is good for us. Nice. So obviously you guys are coming down here to us and you're going to have to deal with the home fans uh, being all rowdy. But uh, what do you think the team on the pitch is going to have to do to play against OCSC and maybe not, you know, succumb to Milan Olosky down there? We didn't seem to have a problem with him last year. And we thank you for hosting the coming out party for Anthony Siaha. That was his debut. He kept a clean sheet and then proceeded to keep a keep clean sheets for the next five matches after that. So I think our guys... I think our, our I think our team are prepared. I think our team is is ready to come down there and and play. I think they're feeling confident. Um, we've still got some players coming back from injury, and we saw some. I think the last of our injuries got a couple of minutes uh, this past Saturday. Grant Robinson came on and played the last ten minutes or so. So when well, Sam, if Sam Gleadle's available as well, he's, he's gonna he completely changes matches. Yeah. And um, but I, I'm still concerned. The keeper, you guys, his keeper is 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 on a good tear, and uh, you know the the defense has kind of figured it out a bit. But I'm like, can they they still have struggled to score the amount of goals they did at the beginning of the season? So that's more of my concern. Is is can we get past? Uh, what, what's I'm blanking on your keeper's name? What Shuttler? Shuttler, yeah, yeah, Shuttler. And and do you guys switch between two? Why why is why is he have almost as many starts as the, as the other keeper? Was was that? Do you guys switch between that or or is just what well, that was the keeper earlier in the season? I think we're in speculation, but I think that we we had uh, Rakowski obviously, and then that was a big big hole to uh, to fill. And Shuttler was new into 
USL and big time, I think. So uh, I think it was a little bit of finding what was a fit for the team. I think kind of in general, we were just trying to find a fit for the team, but I think Shuttler's doing a great job there now. Yeah, that's my biggest concern, to be quite honest. Yeah, having a, a, a good quality keeper in, in, in the back there as your uh, as your your last line of defense, so to speak, is yeah. uh, it, 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 it that breeds confidence through the rest of the side. So yeah. one goal against Miami did not. I wasn't that happy. No. Shuttler uh, is going to have his work cut out for him this week. Um, you guys have Dixon, who's had 10 goal contributions. You've got Valeski, who's had 11. So what do you what do you guys attribute to their success in terms of being involved in so many of the goals that Monterey's had this year? I, again, it goes back to our attacking cadre are so unselfish and so team driven. Uh, I, you're not going to see uh, you're not going to see anybody ball hogging. They are all looking for the best opportunity to put the ball in the net, and every single. Every single member of the team is 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 looking for that opportunity. If they see someone's open, the the ball is going to move, and and look for the best option. Yeah, no, that, that's perfectly said. I got you know I can keep add to that, but I don't want to keep you know keep you guys on the line too long. But that that's exactly it. That that's really they are truly well playing for each other. Yeah, and that's and it's fantastic to watch. And they can it's, also exciting. it's exciting to see. We're excited to host you guys. Yeah, right, we feel right. bad that not too many of us can can come out this week. We might have some people down there. We're talking about it, but definitely not as much as we up to Sacramento. But we'll get there. We're 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 working on away trips. We're still building that audience. So we had a good turnout in Sacramento. I think I think OC with such a quick turnaround, I think is a is asking a lot of folks, especially on the July Fourth weekend. All right, so I'll take that as my cue to go ahead and ask some questions. So. You guys have touched upon the the attacking prowess and the selflessness of Monterey Bay, which, to be fair, is exactly how they've won games. Uh, that's how they beat Vegas when they were down here uh, where I live. Yeah. Um, but the one thing we haven't touched on is Hugh Roberts and uh, Kai Green are the pedestal backs, back line of the league, in my opinion. I believe Hugh Roberts is one of the few players to play every single minute of this campaign so far um, in his age 30 season. Uh, what else, other than Siaha, is the pedestal that you guys would put out in your team's defense? That switch to three in the back. Yeah, we've we've talked about it, and yeah, they've switched to three in the back, and that has, you know, it, it, but it was an enforced change. I mean, yeah, I, I I think you may have gotten the two center backs mixed up. But Kai Green has played every minute of every match so far. Hugh Roberts was out with a, with a bit of an injury for a bit. Sorry, no, no, I, no. And, and we are, and, and we're dependent on both of them yeah. um, with Hugh out and then losing Grant, Grant Robinson at left back and then losing Max Glasser, who's in his first, his rookie year also to international call-ups with Nicaragua. All of a sudden we, we were missing half of a, of a back four. So we were enlisting defensive midfielder Moby Fair and 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 local CSUMB product and uh, Santa Cruz native Walmer Martinez at left back, which is a completely unfamiliar position for him. And and as Oz and I have talked about several times, that gave us a physicality that allowed us to weather the storm while both Grant and and Hugh were out. And now that Hugh is back, what we saw for the first time, and it was in Vegas. We saw the debut of. We've been a pretty stalwart four-two-three-one system 
what we saw in Vegas was a, a flexible fourth two three one that then became a three four three with Moby dropping back, having played for four or five games that center back role. All of a sudden, we had a back three of Moby, Hugh playing as sweeper, and Kai Green on the right, which allowed Walmer to play forward more as a wing back, allowed Maury Donor to play more as a as a an attacking mid uh, a attacking wing back, and uh, and and then and then as we've touched on before, the unselfishness of the of the front four, uh, the attackers, and then James Murphy playing bulldog in the middle you know it's it's just it's been fun to watch the the flexibility and fluidity of our lineups have been uh it's given yallop the ability to chop change and uh and cover where we've had some some inconsistencies with the injuries and and call-ups that we've had all right well i can't have the monterey team on without uh giving a shout out to the team that had to fall so that you guys could rise um I know you guys played against, uh, they're now called the uh, Central Valley Fuego. Yep. Um, how contentious was the supporter groups during that game in the Open Cup? Uh, is there some hate between the two groups for Monterey getting moved over to Monterey? I'd like to say that there was some residual uh, you know, beef, but far and large, the uh, the the crowd there in Fresno that night were great to us. Yeah. It, it was it was a they i think and we really couldn't hear them <laughs> we, we, it was it, 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 no it was a it was um i won't say jovial but it was uh they were we were good to them they were good to us at the end of the match you know we all said good game as they were leaving the stadium and there, i didn't think there were hard feelings now that's not to say that they didn't say stuff behind our backs or anything <laughs> like that but i mean it, it, to our faces they were all very kind yeah from from my time up in Reno, Fresno was a great away day, so I missed yeah. that team. <laughs> we 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 did feel some uh, some from the Sacramento uh, supporters when we were there a couple of weekends ago. There was some mention asking us whether or not any of us had any any Reno uh, merch on us. You know, when anybody wearing a, a Reno scarf or something, we said no, and they said good because we won't leave you let you leave the parking lot if you're wearing it. So. So that that beef was still there. <laughs> so a little bit of a trivia for everyone. Our our first ever guest from uh, another podcast was from the one of the guys at Foxtrot Pod uh, that covered uh, Fresno FC. So a little bit of trivia there for us. Um, we got to get into some match predictions for this. So what we like to do is just sort of predict uh, the upcoming match, uh, who's going to win, what the scoreline will be, and then we usually will predict who the first goal scorer will be for Orange County. Um, you all can predict if you want to predict for your team who the first goal scorer is. Uh, so we'll do that. So I'm going to go, I'm going to let you all go first. You can pick the order. Um, so who's going to win, what the scoreline will be, and who's going to be the first goal scorer. You all can pick from Monterey Bay who the first goal scorer will be. Okay, let's see. I'm going with, uh, I'll be nice. I, w- I won't try to stir stuff up. <laughs> let's go with, we'll go with 2-2 draw. It's going to be a 2-2 draw. And... Dixon's going to score first. I'm going to I'm going to go with the scoreline from last year. I'm going to say two nil win for Monterey Bay. Siaha's flying high right now, very confident, and I'm I'm going to agree. I think it's Alex Dixon that gets the first goal. Uh, what about you, Dylan? What's your prediction for this match? Uh, I'm going to go one one. 
And who's the first goal scorer for Orange County? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that part. Sorry. Uh, well, there's only one because he's Milan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brad? Uh, I have a hard time seeing either team really making much work of the back of the net. So I'm going to say 0-0. Zero, zero. All right. And obviously no goal scorer on that. Uh, Taylor? I'm going to go for a 2-0-1 for OCSC. We have shutout Shuttler, and I don't see it stopping for this game. And who's scoring? Milanowski. That's a given. <laughs> I think uh, I think the odds are on our uh, our little uh, game here is pretty much if you don't pick Milan, you're you're basically <laughs> picking to lose. Uh, Tyler. All right, I'll pick to lose. Um, we'll do one OC, and we will say Osandini is going to score to make it di- different. There we go. Um, here's what I got to say. Right, both of these teams are coming in. I believe two games in a row of shutouts. So it's, it's like that old WWF WWE uh, thing. What is it? The immovable force versus the unstoppable object, right? That's what you got going on here, but I'm going to say, you know, orange County's Hulk Hogan, y'all are Andre the giant. So we're going to body slam y'all. It's going to be two nil orange <laughs> County. Alana Lasky scoring first. Um, so that's how, how we think it's going to go. Um, any last thoughts from anyone? that wants to share anything, whether it's Oz, Superfan, Dan, or anyone on the show. And I will say this, our Larry is, I was trying to jump on here really quick just to compare beards with Superfan Dan because that's a <laughs> competition right there. Uh, but I, I don't know, he might have some spotty internet. I don't know if he's out of the country already at this point. That might be why. Um, I think he was like going to be like somewhere in Italy or something. So probably not the greatest reception for him. Any last thoughts from anyone? Up. Our, our pride night was this last Saturday night, and I've been in the habit of spray painting my, my beard multiple colors, so I proudly wore a rainbow on, uh, on Saturday for, for our community. Awesome. That's, that's much appreciated. If, if, you go out um, to, if you go to Instagram and go to superfandan831, you'll see lots of photos of what it looked like. Um, let me say this. If any of our followers or anyone that listens to our podcast want to hear more from you all, where do they go? At Forsanion Club on, on Instagram. That's, that's where all our videos are, are archived there. Our, our, dro- our drop, our Tuesday night drop. Yeah. Our show called the drop in, which, uh, yeah, where we cover the team and yeah. On, at Forsanion Club. And then on Instagram, I'm, I am super fan Dan eight, three, one. Uh, we have a supporters group called, uh, Fog Dog Footy 831 because we're marina based and that, that's kind of the where the fog dogs live. Um, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm, we're on Facebook uh, as Fog Dog Footy as well, Fog Dog Footy 831. And I am a Fog Dog Footy 831 again on Twitter. So there you go. There we go. Well, I want to thank Oz and Superfan Dan for taking some time uh, to join us on the show to help us learn a little bit more about Monterey Bay FC. Um, hopefully they're not too disappointed when Orange County comes out victorious this weekend, <laughs> uh, 2-0 with Milan Alaski scoring first. Uh, and uh, uh, as always, uh, thank you. And we look forward to talk to you again uh, very soon. The door is open. We hope to see a lot of a lot of you when, when we return the favor and host you. So look forward to it. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you so much. Um, Superfan Dan brought up the Pride Night that they had, and I, I forgot before we brought them on. We ought to look at the Pride Fantasy playing for Pride Fantasy results because now there's no more games left in June. We got to see who is the winner um, on this. So let's see if we've got results that we can show on the screen. Um, so look at that on-air team. Is there any surprise there for the on-air team? Who is the winner? 
uh, for fantasy, uh, playing for pride, fantasy soccer. Uh, you know, remember I'm the one that picked two goalies out of the five players I could pick. Um, so one of my players got zero points the whole time. And yet I still demolished the competition. Although Taylor, you were very close. I will so say congrats. that I also had picked two keepers as well. So we were in the same boat there. That's I didn't get So I wonder, I, I got to figure out where we changed there, where, where we were different a little bit there because, um, yeah, got some. I believe Taylor had uh, Milanowski, and to kind of sum up did I? the the top. Oh, sorry, Taylor didn't. I don't remember. Uh, anyways, to sum up, if you had either Shuttler and Olaski, uh, those were the two players who scored the most. Shuttler had thirty points over the four games with the uh, with the three shutouts and a couple of saves in the uh, I think in the Colorado Springs game, um, but. Shuttler did what goalies have not done in the past and had a really, really, really good June for your for your playing for pride team. So typically if you if you started a goalie that was the starting goalie going into June, you've not had a good playing for pride this year, throw that out the window. Shuttler had an amazing month and Milan Oloski continued being Milan. What, uh, what about the Russia? How do you think? Uh, are you disappointed in your results, Dylan? No, this is uh, this is nature. I am meant to finish last and forever will finish last, and I'm okay with that. Cool. Well, that was playing for Pride for 2023. Uh, congratulations to the on-air winner, myself, and for the other, the written team, behind-the-scenes team, whatever we call it, and also the fan groups. Uh, for what you all did. Um, I believe uh, the overall winner, Hannah. Um, yeah, good job. Oh, um, do you want me to say what uh, Hannah said earlier? Well, I, I was assuming that, that you, I mean, I was assuming that Brad's going to like give like a good congratulations here, but he's being quiet. He must be uh, a little bit upset about it. No, I'm not. I'm not upset at all. She absolutely smoked the competition. Uh, I think Ray was the closest or something, eight points behind. Um, so she's told everybody to get good and uh, pick players like she does. Just for the there record, she go. had no clue what she was doing, right? Uh, she she told me her logic was to pick one player from each position um, because she misunderstood the directions as she needed to pick a goalie, a defender, a midfielder, a substitute, and an attacker. So she picked her team based off of that, and it worked out really well. I guess having a balanced team really works out, even when it comes to playing for Pride Fantasy Soccer. Um, so, yeah, um, very interesting on the results there. Thank you to everyone who contributed. Um, like uh, I, I think uh, many of us have said, we're going to, if we have not already, donate to uh, toward the cause, um, uh, playing for Pride and at the Alley Ally. Um, and, uh, I think, uh, what did, how many points did I have? I had like 61 points. So I'm going to donate at least $61 plus, um, a little bit more on top of that, just to, to be nice and, and be a good person. Um, yeah, that's how that goes. Uh, what do we want to talk about next? Everyone? Uh, I know we were supposed to have a scheduled guest. I don't know, uh, what's going on. I know we're checking on that, but, uh, there we go. Season score predictions. Let's see how we're doing on those. Yeah. Thank you, producer. Uh, Andy, that's why I like having a producer. Uh, so this is how we're doing here. Uh, Taylor, you're the expert on uh, score predictions. Yeah, I'm just uh, clearly taking off here, and we'll continue to take off and leave everyone behind. 
Is that is that so? Well, now yeah, we're I mean, making this competition. Now I got to now I got to do this seriously. Just like Dylan said, um, it's nature, and I am here to win. See, oh, that's, that's a balance. It's perfectly balanced in the the Dylan and Taylor um, podcast, Orange Soccer Cast, yep. because football cast. Because um, I am terrible at this, and and she is not. Well, you're better Dylan. than me. Dylan, I'll give you credit. You're not terrible at this. You're terrible at getting your score predictions in. Uh, <laughs> if we were to average out um, per game guest, I think you'd probably be smoking the group in this call right now. But unfortunately, that's not how things work. And I will I will get you a detail like that at the end of the season. Um, but with score predictions, we're halfway through the season. 17 games out of 34. And... I mean, as you see it, Kayvon is still in first place for all the community at large. However, it's a lot tighter than I would have thought at this point in the season, given how some players were running away um, with it. And June boasted a improved score across the board for most players because we generally pick Orange County winning regardless of who they're up against. Um, there hasn't been a majority lose or draw, so... It's nice seeing uh, it's nice seeing the team uh, you know performing uh, well and score predictions have definitely bolstered off of that. See when I forget to do my predictions, the team does really well and then when I predict they lose. So I'll keep losing and forgetting to predict and then the team will win. So you're welcome everyone. There we go. I mean I, I think Dylan, like he's part of the old school podcast team. We didn't ever have to fill out this form. We would just say stuff and we would jot it down as we're talking or something. So maybe that's why he's uh, not doing so. We're trying to uh, fix our problem because I, I think we have our guests is ready to do this. But for whatever reason, we're having trouble getting the connection here. So uh, bear with me just a moment as we try and figure that out. Um, maybe I'll, what I'll do is uh, five words. we'll try and figure this out. What's Tyler, up, uh, Dylan? We're going to say five months about Pride Pride Month. Five Tyler's going months? first. Five five words about Pride Month. Excuse me. Okay. Soccer has to do better. Okay. Um, Brad. Mm, um. The return of Colin Shuttler. This was just about Pride Month, and you guys have really taken this into a soccer direction, Taylor. Um, pride all year, more June. <laughs> you I gave was me going five with, words. um, gay people exist all time. There you go. Because I realized that was going to be one short. So, uh, you know. Yeah. Look at us. Not successful, but the point was made. Yes. And Pride Month was successful. So, um, while Ray makes a very determined face at his computer i guess we'll just continue talking about nonsense um well i don't i don't get to put in words i mean if you think you have the bandwidth for that ray your five <laughs> words about pride month please yay 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 oh I'm see joseph did it better than us he said soccer is for everyone that's the five and it was a full sentence that's four words right it's four so he split four. up everyone. He split everyone. up everyone. So it works. 
you get points but, for efficiency. Well, okay, well, we'll just, <laughs> soccer is for every person. There you go. I helped him out. Look at us. I'm trying to kill time, but I am unfortunately <laughs> out of ideas with this rather scatterbrained first idea. So, so Dylan, right. what's your um, favorite vegetable and how do you prepare it? There you go. Ooh, um, <laughs> it's a deep cut. I think, I think cauliflower. And if not cauliflower, then spinach. I do love a nice leafy green. Uh, the versatility in spinach. Throw it on pizza. Throw it in a smoothie. Why not? And, uh, otherwise, cauliflower. It's, a, yeah. it's so nice becoming an adult and learning how All right. to cook. All right. So I actually got something to talk about. Really quick. So cut you off here because I want to bring in uh, our guest. We're going to have a very limited time with him really quick because we were having technical issues. We've got Mr. Goalkeeper of the month, obviously. We got to say that. It's Mr. Colin Shuttler. Three shutouts in the month of June. Um, I, I, I believe you were listening when we were talking about this, Colin, but you were the main reason for any of us that did good in our fantasy playing for pride soccer thingamajig because of your performances in the month. So first, let me just say, because I was the winner on the on-air team, thank you so much. Of course. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad I was able to do that for you. And thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm sorry. I was trying to get on my laptop, but I guess it wasn't working. So now I'm on my phone. Yeah, no, apologize for the technical difficulties on our end as well. Um, let me just ask you this quickly. Competition for goalkeepers. What does that mean for a goalkeeper having competition um, to sort of push you to do better? I would assume uh, with Cody Cropper there, that's a, there's a competition between the two of you to get playing time. Obviously, you sat out for a little bit. You got back in, and it looks like you're not ready to give up uh, that starting spot in, in between the posts. I'm I'm definitely not uh, ready to give up my spot yet. Um, but yeah, I, I think competition is a huge thing in the goalkeeper position. Obviously, only one can play at a time, which is unfortunate. But um, my relationship with Cody is really good. And I think we feed off of each other. I'm getting better because he's pushing me. And I hope he's getting better because I'm pushing him. So I think it's really healthy for both of us at the moment. Um, Colin, uh, very far away from the playing field here. Why number 20? Uh, that is a great question. Um, obviously, goalkeepers wear number one. Um, but actually, one of my uh, my best friends at home who unfortunately had to give up his soccer days a couple of years too early because of family issues uh, wore number 20 for my club team when we were younger. So um, I thought it was a great way to just go to a new number while some of the numbers that I've worn in the past were already taken. Nice. Taylor. That's great. Um, obviously, you've had some shutouts now, and you're getting a name shutout Shuttler, so that's great. How does that affect you mentally going into the next games? Is it a push for you? Is it a nerve for you? How does that work? Uh, I'd say it's a push. I, I had uh, actually that nickname in college, um, but uh, as long as I have those four in front of me, um, like you guys were talking about before, we've, we've sort of figured things out. I mean, it starts up top as well with the guys running our forwards and our midfielders. But if I have all all 10 of the guys working in front of me and not much to do, then I'm a happy guy just watching in the back. Sounds good. I will let you know that I was uh, one of your biggest advocates on the podcast. Other people may have had their uh, little doubts every now and then, given that you're so young. But I want to let you know that it was me that was pushing for you the whole time. So don't let them tell you otherwise. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I know I'm still young for the position, but... Um, I, I fully believe that I'm mature enough and I'm ready to take the next step to be a full-time starter for a team like this and hopefully get to the next level sooner than later. 
Absolutely. Is there any personal goals that you have for the remainder of the season? Uh, just keep getting shutouts. Um, I mean, that, that's always an easy one to say as a goalkeeper, but um, it's it's interesting to say that I've let in four goals in the past four games, but three of them were shutouts. Hopefully we can get less than a goal per game at this point and hopefully not have a, a lapse like we did in Colorado. But um, if we just keep getting shutouts the rest of the way, I think I think this team can go far. Let me just say, Colin, to get compliments from anyone on here, uh, Taylor's the best one. She actually plays your position. She's played your profession uh, position professionally, uh, so she knows what it's like to do what you do between the sticks. Um, so it's a great compliment to get from her on that as well. Yes, well, thank you, and I, I applaud you for playing that position as well, Taylor. It's it's definitely mentally tough and physically tough on your body as well. Absolutely, <laughs> Colin. Uh, star yes. of the month for June. Um, so thanks for joining us tonight. Um, after the championship season a couple of years ago, someone asked Patrick Rukowski, how do you prepare for a penalty kick? And he said, I don't, I just guess. So I want to ask you, how do you prepare for a penalty kick? And is your answer the same as Rukowski? It, it is not as simple as Rukowski or as Pat once said, but um, I, I do have a little... Uh, little things that I look at um, just from like a psychology standpoint that is from a, a good article from Nick Romando after he retired. I, I can't fully give away because if if shooters are, are watching, I don't want to give it away. They can go up and look up Romando's uh, article, but um, I do have a few things that I look at and it's more of an educated guess, I would say. Perfect on that one. Uh, Brad, do you have any questions for Colin? Yeah, I got one for you, Colin. Uh, so we've seen a lot of change so far this year. One of the biggest things is uh, we've seen a lot of change in that back four, regardless of coaching staff. Um, is this the back four that we see right now that that you are most comfortable with? And uh, how do you direct them and how do they direct you? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't say that it's my favorite four. I mean, I, I love all the guys on the team, and I fully believe that if any of them have to replace either Owen, Marcus, Dill, or Ryan, that I, I fully believe that they'll be able to get the job done as well. Um, in regards to talking to each other, uh, we, like throughout the game and through practices, we're always going back and forth, sometimes a little more heated than others. Um but it's it's all in in good competition and just trying to get ourselves better so that when we come out on Saturday we can make ourselves and the fans happy with a, another shutout. Perfect. Um, let me ask you this real quick, Colin, because the club has been teasing a new kid. I'm not going to ask you to tell us what the kit looks like. Don't want to get you in trouble. Uh, but I'm sure you've seen the little tease that they threw it on social media. What are your thoughts of that fake? kit that they they showed with faces of gnarly uh, is that something that you would uh, be willing to rock at a game if that became the official third kit um well unfortunately i don't get to wear the third kit i have seen the real one and i i did um i was actually part of the social media that was shown the fake one as well they didn't put me up there but um i had a more friendly uh interaction with the the fake one uh, and i think they were hoping for a, a bigger reaction from me but um I, I mean, as a goalkeeper, we always wear those um, unique kits, as, as Taylor definitely knows up there as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say I wouldn't be opposed to wearing it. Um, I'm used to some 
unique colors as well. I used to wear purple and pink back in the day, and I, I loved it as well. So us goalkeepers usually love being the unique ones out there, and that's why we play the position. I will awesome. say that there was uh, there was one year that I got to wear blue, like all blue for home and all red for away. And I was like, you know what? This is a little different though from a highlighter, but it's it's still like just very one color. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah, it definitely is. And I've I've brought on the highlighter uh, name with me as well. I used to wear that almost every single weekend when I was in high school. Perfect. Uh, so the club is celebrating their you know, 10 years in Orange County, um, this upcoming match. Uh, obviously, you haven't been here, been a part of the club for the full 10 years, but you are part of the club right now. Um, what does it mean as a player to be part of a club that's sort of been in the USL? They're like sort of the founding members of the modern day or current day USL. Uh, so it's a it's a longevity aspect there with the club. What does it mean as a player to to wear, you know, that badge on your kit and represent a team like Orange County? I, I think it's a huge achievement, and I, I think that goes out with saying going out like every home game, just the fans that show out for this team are incredible. And what this front office and staff have been able to do in the years before me um, are showing now, and I, I think it's the biggest numbers they've seen so far, and I think they're going to keep growing um, through the years. So being here at this time, I, I think, I mean, I'm very lucky where I am today, and hopefully we can as a team, bring in another championship like two years ago. It'd be a great tenth year present. I think we would all be excited if that becomes the the outcome of the season. And I mean, when you look two years ago, you're looking sort of that trajectory. It's sort of a similar path, right? The struggles early on. You go on a run in June, and and, and you know that year there was a coaching change. This year there's a coach change. There's a lot of similarities. Uh, between the two uh, the two seasons. Now, obviously, you never wish for coaching changes. You don't wish for the struggles. But if if you can end with a, a lifting the cup again, that would be an awesome. And adding a second star uh, on the on the crest there, that'd be pretty awesome. Um, any last words you have for the fans that are going to be making out to Championship Soccer Stadium this weekend? Uh, hopefully, I mean, I just hope that we have a great um, a great uh, following this Saturday. I mean, it's a great achievement for the club to get 10 years and i mean it's unsaid that this is going to be our only home game again in this month so um they're getting kind of rare at this point so come out um enjoy it i i know the club has a lot of things planned for the game and hopefully the players can um give a good game as well with a win um colin once again away from the field uh two questions for you one what is your favorite vegetable and how do you prepare it um, I would say it's actually one that I very much disliked growing up. Uh, it's Brussels sprouts. Um, I usually put them in the oven, not grilled. Um, and I do a little bit of balsamic on it, some salt and pepper as well. And nice next to a nice uh, salmon and some risotto rice. It's very good. This man can not only save goals, but uh, also has an impeccable food taste. Uh, Colin, when you're not at home making yourself some salmon and Brussels sprouts, do you have a local place that you'd like to shout out? Oh, I I do not get the privilege of going out to eat at local um, restaurants around here, so I would not be the one to ask, unfortunately. I would definitely go with any of the ones that you guys have to say, though. I've only been here for about a year and a half, and I've maybe gone out to In-N-Out and Chipotle a couple times, but no local ones for any uh, special events. So 
Sorry, so none, none of these on that one. <laughs> yeah. None of these youth yeah. teams that you come out and you help uh, help out with uh, from time to time. None of them have taken you out or given you a gift card to a local spot. Uh, man, they got to treat you better. <laughs> they they treat me very well. They uh, we went to a, a pizza place, but it was more for the kids. Uh, they had arcades everywhere, so they were just off running around. But um, we ha- we have gone to some restaurants. I just I'm not a good. Uh, I don't remember names very well, so. Not trying to make your teams look bad. I just said that because I ran into no. Colin at a soccer game uh, six months back or something. And uh, I, I introduced myself. I'm sure Colin's like, who is this guy saying hi to me? But um, no, I appreciate uh, that what you're doing to help out the youth players too in the area. That's also an awesome uh, feat uh, and giving back to the local community and giving back to you soccer because um, that's that's the next round of players are going to come from that, uh, that there, um, Colin, I'm going to let you go. You're, you're on a little later than you probably planned. Cause we had technical issues, but I think, I thank you for being patient and, and hanging out with us and answering some questions and wishing you all the best of luck this weekend. And, and let's get another shutout. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get another shutout. Uh, have another good uh, month of July, but thank you so much for having me on and it's, it's bedtime for me now. So <laughs> <laughs> go get that rest. You, we want to make sure we don't uh, ruin your, your schedule for prep for the game this week. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, good. goalkeeper for your Orange County Soccer Club, Colin Shuttler, uh, shutout Shuttler, uh, as he's now known. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, folks, we're going to be going into some overtime for this episode because of the technical issues we had. Uh, so hang out with us. Hopefully the rest of my co-hosts don't mind hanging out a little bit longer because we have another guest that was scheduled, uh, scheduled to join us about 15 minutes ago. But again, technical issues. So a little bit of a delay here. And that's uh, the president of business operations for Orange County Soccer Club, Mr. Dan. Rut, Rutstein. Every every time you get closer, Ray. Uh, good evening, everyone. <laughs> I you know that's that's my big thing. I cannot get names. I just forget. I, I can't remember. Um, good thing my face was already right on this stream because uh, it's it's redder than normal. Dan, welcome back to the show. You've been on here multiple times, so uh, we appreciate you taking time. I I know. Speaking of you last, it was sort of, I'll be back on when I can share information. I think we know information about that specific thing we were talking about then, but um, what's new with the club? What's what's new stuff? Uh, I, I see you're not teasing the kit. You're not wearing the new kit that we're going to hear about soon. Uh, so unfortunately, that's not something that you can share with us. No. Um, well, I was thinking about wearing the, uh, the gnarly kit uh, because we may or may not have made one or two uh, for souvenirs. Um, although based on the reaction today... We're seriously considering just doing a full line of them because some some people have. I would buy buy one of them. I will tell you that right now. I would buy one of them if they came out. I love it. Yeah, we. I'm I'm not going to pretend that we're the first team ever to do a fake kit. Uh, We were inspired by a lot of them. I could find one. I think Dallas did it about six years ago with hidden cameras. But I just we knew we were going to launch a number of kits this year, and I've always wanted to do something fun and we have a great design team and i said to them make it as you know ridiculous as possible um but in the way that football is going nowadays ridiculous is in so um people want to buy it and i so we just made enough for the you know for the shoot plus i may have made an extra one for me and uh, as the third goalkeeper on the show tonight um i still play in an over 45s league um, and the team's playing red and blue, so I will be wearing my Narni shirt as a goalkeeper shirt. Um, and Taylor, maybe you can do the same if we put it on sale. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I will definitely take that up. Maybe it'll be the good luck charm for everyone. Indeed. So, um, busy week. So, I can't remember what it is that last time I couldn't talk to you about, but I don't know if it wasn't the kit, was it? It must have been something else. Um, I, I think last time it was like shortly after whatever happened on the pitch. Uh, oh, yes, yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. I think the, the resolution has sort of become public, unless there's anything else uh, no. that you have to share on that. But I think Not we all, all sort of know the outcome. Yeah, band served. Uh, Pride game, I think, was success with the help of fan engagement. Um, the broader Orange County community, well, I'm not sure it's the Orange County, the broader social media community um, have not treated any team who've done anything to do with Pride well. That's not a phenomenon specific to us. That is, every team has been through a version of that. Um, but it's not a reason not to do these things, of course. So we obviously did the Pride game, and I was delighted to see the team uh, walking behind the flag on Saturday at the Pride. I was sorry I couldn't be there to join in the festivities. I was stuck with some children-related things that meant I couldn't get all the way across. But I'm glad we did it, um, and I'm grateful for the, the feedback we had from the fans. You know, I'm not, not sure we did Pride brilliantly in the past, so we made the effort to do it much better this year. Um, and I, hopefully that, that worked, and obviously something to build on for next year. Taylor, um, do you have any feedback or any thoughts to give to Dan that you want to do on the air? Not, I'm sure you could give more details, uh, but what are your, what were your thoughts on how the club handled pride, the pride yep. parade and let Dan know. Yeah. Let me air all the, everything out here. No, I'm kidding. It was fantastic. Um, it was really great um, for the club to have done so much. Uh, listened to us, um, asked us questions and wanted su suggestions, uh, one that was available. So it was really great. And like, we felt very included and loved as opposed to like being used or anything like that. So it was great to see it, not even just at the game, but at the parade, like that was fantastic. And it meant a lot to us. And I know that it meant a lot to, to others as well. Excellent. Thank you for that. So obviously this is a big week. We promised in a, I think, maybe a week or two ago, we said, you know, there's a special game on July 1st. It's the 10th anniversary. Expect a number of surprises. Uh, we're wheeling them out this week. So, obviously, the first thing that happened is you saw the fake kit, which I'm delighted that people actually want to buy. Um, I think, you know, we're not going to just do it as a commercial exercise because we shouldn't ask fans to buy four kits in a year, but we might do it as a charitable element because uh, if people really want it, we should make the most of that and do something good for the community. The second thing that happened about two hours ago was we announced our uh, free OCSE tattoos. Now, I asked specifically for the, uh, we have a sort of feedback form, and I asked to be on it so I could see what's going on. There was a debate internally. Are we really even going to get five people to, to volunteer to do this? Uh, safe to say, if you put your name down, um, you are now genuinely competing in the lottery. Uh, your chances of winning are not amazing because lots of people are, Surprising number. Since while I was waiting backstage, my phone pinged about four times as more people signed up for this thing. And I am beyond delighted, given there was an internal debate about whether Nali's face should legitimately be part of this, that about a third of the people wanting the free tattoos wanted Nali. Now, it's all going to be done. We're going to do like a, a number randomizer um, so that the five get picked randomly and we're not going to sort of split them up into the different ones. But, you know, the law of averages at the moment would suggest that somebody is going to walk home with a, 
sunglass wearing tattooed orange thing, although I think it might be in black and white, on their arm or whatever part of their body they so choose. And uh, we are, I feel like this is the sort of thing you do at 10 years. I think if we'd done this after, uh, after one year, not sure we would have had that many volunteers, but people love the club enough to get themselves inked and uh, delighted to see that. So it's uh, just one of a number of surprises this week. Obviously, I would love nothing more than to get a gnarly tattoo on my forehead, but I don't want to skew the results. Um, and, you know, it's not fair to have, you know, to so, have a front office member of staff take away a spot. So I'm going to have to decline this year. So the question I'll have is, are y'all going to do the tattoos sort of like they did on uh, that show Jackass where uh, you go into like a golf cart, go off-roading, and you're trying to do the tattoo at that time? Or um, you're going to do something like put them on uh, on the pitch at halftime and try and do a quick tattoo in front of everyone at halftime? Welcome to California. Uh, where the Orange County Department of Health and the permitting <laughs> rules mean some of the more interesting things that we wanted to do um, are something we weren't able to do. So uh, it will be done in a safe and uh, uh, friendly environment with no risk of people knocking you and you getting additional lines that you did not want. I think Dylan wanted those additional lines. He's, he's He might not sign up now for this. Um any other teases you can give us for what's gonna what what the club will be announcing here, or or you don't have to tell us exactly, but no. anything you can tease anything I'm trying to work out without what getting I'm in trouble. Yeah, I'm trying to work out what I'm allowed to say without being told off by the marketing department. I think well, obviously, I can tell you that we have a new kit launch tomorrow. Um, you may or may know may or not know what color it will be. We were delighted that Men in Blazers were so desperate to tell everybody about the kit that they inadvertently uh, broke the embargo. Um, so if you followed them on Instagram stories, they were briefly revealing the kit, but it's obviously disappeared again because that's how stories work. Um, so well, maybe one or two people have seen it, um, but it will, it's exciting. It's different. Um, it's not as different as the gnarly one, obviously, but it's we wanted to mark, it, mark the occasion. And so we have a, a nice kit, which I think we've said the team will be playing in, uh, which is obviously the favorite kit to play in. Um, so it's very exciting. Um, one thing I'm fascinated by, so we, I think we've done the 10 best goals. We've done the sort of year-by-year year achievements of the club. The one we've mentioned but not named any body or thing is the 10 icons of Orange County Soccer Club, uh, which we are going to begin the unveiling of this weekend, which I'm sure some of you have seen on social media. I think when we announced it, a couple of people made some suggestions. I am obviously not going to tell you whether they were wrong or right, um, but... Like all of these things, uh, there was some internal debate uh, about what or who or how the 10 icons of the club will be represented. And I'm fascinated to see the fan reaction. We're not going to name them all, but we're going to name some of them um, and give out some uh, mementos. But we're going to save some for the remainder of the year because even though this is the 10th game of the 10th season in Irvine, obviously the rest of the year is a is a celebration as well. So... Um, I'm interested on your thoughts. You will, as much as any of the super fans, have views on uh, whether the things you wanted in there are in there. Um, so I'm trying to see if anyone else has any questions for you. So I'll just open it up. Uh, Tyler, Brad, anyone have a question for Dan? Yeah, I got one. Um, so last time you were on the show, you kind of said you won't come back uh, until we get good news about the stadium. Is there any discussions or things you can reveal about 
how that's going behind the scenes so far. All right. I'm not sure I said that, but I, um, this is modern America. You'll be able to check whether I did or not. So if I did, um, that's not why I'm here tonight. It's because of the 10th anniversary game. So there's nothing, um, there's nothing new to say. Um, nothing bad is happening, but there's nothing to share. Uh, we are doing everything in our power to make sure that Orange County Soccer Club have the right sort of venue to play in. Um, and we're going to continue to do that. And I, I will, it won't be the next time I come on necessarily, if there's another reason to come on. Um, but I will share news when there is something to share, but there isn't at the moment. That's perfectly good question. Do you want to answer me who the anthem singer is going to be on Saturday? Um, anybody? Is it gnarly? It is not gnarly. Okay. Well, Dan, <laughs> Does gnarly even talk? I, I've been asking for gnarly to be on our show uh, for, you know, since he was unveiled and, I was told he doesn't talk much. Well, it's an it. Um, so we're very clear when, when uh, Gnarly was found. But it's, so it's not an they. It. They don't talk yeah. much. So yeah, we, uh, it, is, uh, it is possible, potentially, for them to appear with some lifting up cards. Um, that might be quite a feat, but I'm sure we can manage it at some stage. Uh, but if you give us the questions in advance, because Gnarly's... <laughs> Not only his ability to write is somewhat limited by the pause, but I'm sure we could do something with, uh, if you were to give us a list of questions, I'm sure we could look at getting Gnarly and some cards on or some subtitles or somebody he could whisper to, a helper of some kind. So who's the national anthem singer then? Oh, there is no singer. Oh. Okay. Um <laughs> Okay. Uh, okay. Moving on. Uh, yeah. A question about. So I'm signed up uh, to for the raffle for the tattoos for Design C, the the OC with the star. Um, that's what I'm signed up for in the raffle. Fingers crossed. Uh, but given that so many people have signed up for it, do we think we might bring the tattoo raffle situation back? Funny you should say that. Um, the debate we had in turn is if people like it, then why wouldn't we? So um, I, I'm not going to pretend we're the only sports team in the world to do tattoos. Um, we are inspired by uh, my friend owns a baseball team in Portland, the Pickles, who you may remember their large pickle has visited our team before. And uh, they do Tattoo Tuesday. So obviously baseball is different. You have like 80 games a year or whatever it is. But every time it's a Tuesday, they tattoo. So uh, we don't have any Tuesday games, obviously, but we plan, if it is a success, to bring the tattoos back. Maybe freshen up the designs, depending on what people are looking for. We might even do a, you know, design your own tattoos within the scope of what our friend John from Old Time Tattoos can do. Um, but uh, we are just trying to make sure that this is... This game is memorable. I think I, you're all season ticket holders, so you would have received the letter that I wrote to you that said, like, if you're, this is not the game to miss. Although I know at least one of you is actually missing the game, but this is not, this is not the game to miss. Um, it's going to be a special occasion. There's lots of things going on there. Um, and uh, we want to make sure that our fans who are so loyal to the club and who have been through, the highs and lows on and off the field that every sports fan has gone through come together for a, for a celebration. We are, I think it'd be fair to say we are trending towards a sellout. Um, I think one should never, but I'll, 
it'll be our biggest crowd of the year, but whether it'll be our biggest crowd ever, um, it's certainly up to debate. We are pulling out all the stops and we know that a lot of people are interested, you know, season tickets, adding on, bringing their friends, the people with these flex packs are, are redeeming. Like this feels like, you know, maybe some of it's because it's one game in seven weeks at home for us. Uh, maybe it's the fact that we're now, after not the most amazing start to the year, we are one game away. I think if we can secure another victory, we should sneak into the playoffs. So, you know, the stars are aligning for what should be a really special night. The weather's going to be magnificent. And obviously, regardless of any of that, it's a beer fest. Um, and as you know, people do love a beer fest at this club. So uh, we think it'll be a really special night and we hope to see as many people as possible there to join in the celebrations. Dan, you mentioned highs and lows of this season. For you personally, what has been the high point of this year's team? Ooh, good question. Um, so we're talking, I guess, on the field, obviously. You don't care about whether attendances are up or not. I mean, I know you care, but that's not <laughs> what you're asking. Um, I think... I think it's probably the victory over Detroit for a couple of reasons. So, basically, the two reasons are it's the first time we've won two games back-to-back. Um, and I think we all knew that this team were good. You know, the view is that this is a, a legitimately good team, as good as the team that won the championship. If not, you know, it, it's a definitely it's a contending team. And we always felt like we were just round the corner from a strong performance. You know, there's obviously been there's been injuries, uh, there's been suspensions, there's been issues, um, and I think we were waiting for the win. But every time we got the win, we thought, you know, the the win is a real win when you back it up. So um, when we beat, where are we now? I'm trying to think, it was our fourth home game. Um, so uh, we beat. Someone's going to have to help me here. Um, and then we we won, and then we were defeated the next week. Um, and then we won, and then we were defeated the next week. So it just didn't feel like the, the corner had been turned. But um, two wins in a row now feels meaningful. And I think the statisticians among us would be right to say that the last time we won two games in a row uh, on the road were part of that wonderful season in 21. So um, I'm not going to make any ridiculously bold predictions, but I think the highlight is a second backup win because it's more meaningful than just individual wins. Yeah, that's obviously what we talked about tonight um, as it was the most recent game. So it was a win against Detroit, but also in that game, there was a little bit of a low point at the end with that red cart to uh, Kyle Scott. Can you give us any more insight into kind of what happened, seeing it on the feed? It was kind of unclear as what was going on. Is there anything you can tell us about that? There isn't. Um, it's a Given it was a, a red card, not the sort of yellow card that you would expect for time-wasting, um, it's in the hands of the USL Discipline Committee. So I, we don't know the result and um, I wouldn't be able to talk about what's been going on, you know, anyway because of that. Do, um, do we know I what the red, do we know what the red card was given for? Like, I, we, I don't think any of us have seen what, like, the actual reason was for it. Is that no, something that the club is we're, told? We're waiting for the official report. Okay. Um, so, um, no... Um, Nothing I can add on that particularly. I mean, 
The touchline was particularly close to the field, um, which I don't think helps anybody. Um, but yeah, I, I, there's no real insight I can offer there. We'll, we will know this week just because of the nature of the way these things work. They have to tell you before the next game what's going on. So we hope to find something out, but I'm afraid I can't give you any insight there. Perfect. Um, you know, obviously we went uh, way past our normal time because of some technical difficulties. We wanted to be able to speak with Colin. We wanted to be able to speak with you as well. Um, any last bits of information, any last message you have for the fans making their trip out to championship soccer stadium this weekend or um, any other last minute teases you can think of that you want to give our fans, our listeners. Yeah. I don't want to get in trouble. So I don't want to do any more teases. I guess my, I have a question and a statement. So the question is, who among you, and I can check my emails to know whether you're telling the truth or not, have put their name in for a tattoo? Me. Just I'm one. too scared. I can't do it. Wow. I'm too scared. That's I want awesome. the gnarly face, but I'm too scared. Maybe I misunderstood. I thought you guys were the super fans. Um, but, uh, I, I, I don't get inked up. I, so I, I have a thing with a, a problem with needles, so I can't no, do it. It's fine. I'm a... The one you should be disappointed in is Dylan, because I know Dylan will get tattoos, but uh, he did not raise his hand. Look, I'm I'm not there, so I don't want to take away from someone who would be there. Okay. Uh, that feels like a very good reason to uh, bring back the tattoo man. Yes, Please, Please, look, by all means. And it appears four, that four guys, one girl, and the girl has it is put in. You know what I mean? So uh, let's see about that. Yeah, no, it's good. I like, you know, obviously it's fascinating actually as a non-tattooed person. I've, you know, I've been reading the emails, but I've been getting texts from people just, I think they're just letting me know, or maybe they're just trying to get me to skew the draw in their favor, but that's not how these things work. Of course, we're I will say I would, I would be first in line for a gnarly kit. I for sure would buy one of those. So okay. if you're thinking about it, I'll put my hat in the ring for that. We, uh, we we will make some serious considerations. Well, let's see. Buy, buy tomorrow's kit first. Um, that's the sort of more sensible grown-up kit. And then we can talk about Gnarly afterwards. Um, I need a, are... If I need to buy some pants to match the kit, what color pants should I be buying? I, I, I'm, I'm messing with you, Dan. I'm just trying to question. sneak in an answer of what color I need to get. I mean, I'd like um, to hear what the uh, official color is or if he can give us a color that's on the jersey. I, I can tell you that it's not black and it's not orange and it's not blue. So um, you will see tomorrow. Also, actually, if I've got my, I'm going to get told off if I'm wrong here, but we're unveiling some of these 10th anniversary merchandise tomorrow as well. Um, so we've got a few lovely pieces that will come out and there's some more to come uh, through the rest of the season. So, um, we want this season to feel special. Obviously, you know, the club has been through an enormous amount for those of you. I mean, you've all been following the club, I think, longer than I've been working for the club. Um, but it's a special time. We want people to enjoy that special time. Um, and it's going to be a, a great occasion. And we hope to obviously carry that through for the rest of the year and make this a, a year to remember. So when Whoever is planning the 15 or the 20 year anniversary and they look back on 23, there should be lots of highlights and talking points to put in their timeline when they make that graphic. Perfect. Um, Dan, thank you as always for taking some time to speak with us. We'll, we'll definitely talk to you again, um, hopefully sometime soon and get more information. Uh, maybe uh, one of these days we'll be able to pull some information out of you that you're not supposed to give us and, um, and learn things early and figure that out. But uh, not trying to get yeah. you in trouble or anything. 
No, no, not at all. Um, I'll tell you what I can do. I can guarantee you this. I will tell you my favourite vegetable after Dylan has got his tattoo. I think you already <laughs> told us. Um, but, hey, next time there's a raffle, I very much look forward to putting my name in it uh, right. a few times to cook the books a bit. <laughs> okay. There you go. Well, you should do uh you should do a vegetable tattoo specifically in honor of Dylan and he'll get that one. Like an well, I mean, the, the Portland Pickles did one if you count pickles as a vegetable. So it wouldn't be the first team. So any producer put carrots because you're English. That's the vegetable. But I, I thought peas are like the, the, like the main vegetable for people in, in England. <laughs> yeah. Uh, English people are, have been known to eat peas and carrots um, and uh, parsnips. Um, but none of those are my favorite vegetable. <laughs> Perfect. Dan, thank you as always for joining us and we'll look forward to talk to you again soon. And hey, hopefully everything runs smoothly this weekend for the uh the 10 year in Irvine uh, party. And hopefully you guys uh get some good people with those tattoos and uh you can get some pictures and videos and showcase those those awesome designs that people pick. Absolutely. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Um again, we got some overtime here. Let's wrap things up really quickly. Quick random thoughts. Tyler, you go first. So excited for the Women's World Cup. Get hyped. All right, Dylan. If anyone knows how to tell someone, if if anyone knows the symptoms of what a broken rib feels like, please feel free to email me at dylan at ocscpodcast.com. Please and thank you. Apparently Dylan was like jumping off ladders or something like that. Uh, Brad. Uh, I will actually be in attendance at this game for the first time this season at a championship soccer stadium. Um, so if you're unlike Dylan uh, and actually cool and will be there this weekend, uh, I look forward to seeing you. Taylor, are you going to um, see Brad? Uh, we absolutely will see Brad. That's pretty cool. Uh, my fun fact is, or fun thought or whatever, we went to the Angel City um, Pride match yesterday. Yep, yesterday. And uh, Ash had put in to get our picture up on the big screen, and it was when we were repping the OCSC Pride gear and jumping on the field. So we got that up there on the big screen, so it was pretty cool to see OCSC up there. Woohoo! awesome. Um, awesome to hear from all of y'all. Uh, I don't have a random thought, so I'm just going to wrap things up here because we're way past our bedtime. Um, I want to thank everyone on this show uh, we had Oz, we had Superfan Dan, we had Colin Shuttler, we had Dan, president of Orange County. I'm not going to say his last name because I get made fun of every time I try and do that. Uh, Tyler, Dylan, Brad, Taylor, uh, producer Andy, everyone else, thank you for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us so late tonight. It's past everyone's bedtimes, so we appreciate that. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. Oh!